there is a video game that doesn't exist. It's a myth, an urban legend, a hoax. It's called Polybius, and you might have heard of it. Welcome to What The If. All right, What The If. Matt Stanley is here uh, by co-pilot. And uh, how are you, sir? You are a professor at New York University, and you are actually at New I, York University I today. am actually professing. Um, I am in my office for the first time in several months, and it uh, feels a little weird, frankly. But it's nice to be back with the students. Yeah. Are there other people in the Is the number of... The there whole population are, is limited. Is that how it right. works? There are very few people in the building. It's, um, it's a little Chernobyl-like, right? All sorts of, like, uh, half-finished projects just frozen as they were <laughs> in the middle of March. Um, so hopefully the radiation levels are level, lower, but I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of the radiation, it's another, another form of disaster that lurks in this, another invisible disaster. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of invisible disaster, I just had to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we now go to Portland, Oregon. <laughs> I saw no way around that segue. Sometimes it just has to be. Dr. Kiki, how are you? You are not, no, you are, by the way, you are not the invisible disaster. You are very visibly <laughs> or not am a disaster. But, but Portland will play a role in our story today. But yes, yes, sure. how are you? Port Portland will play a role. I am doing great. I'm sitting here in my basement with my cats. Oh, nice. I'm always in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I live. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know. The listeners can't see me. You might be able to see me at the moment, but the listeners can't see me. So they don't actually know whether or not I personally am an invisible disaster. <laughs> they can imagine me as an invisible disaster, and that's absolutely fine with me. <laughs> an audio-only disaster. That's yeah. right. Audible disaster. Right. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Kiki is a hero of mine, a hero of ours, an inspiration to all science educators and oh. podcasters. Mm -hmm. Everywhere you have been, uh, Kiki has a show. Called, if you don't know about it, you need to. It's called This Week in Science. You need to be listening every week. Yes. The, uh, there's a Patreon. There's a website, twist.org, O-R-G. And uh, how many years have you been doing that now? Many. Many. <laughs> That's right. That's more than us. Ours is like believe, a couple. I, yeah, <laughs> I think, I think uh, 20 years now. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, not as a podcast the whole time. We started as a college radio show and yeah. became a podcast. And now we are a, a, a video, a, you know, we are, we are a web show podcast. We, you know, we broadcast live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch. And then the podcast goes out to all the different places. And so it's many different things. However, people decide to consume us. Yeah, and you have done live events. I have attended back when that was a, a that was thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> when it was when I was allowed to come out of my basement <laughs> before the invisible disaster. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 
real quick, I got we got one. I want to go to the mailbag here for a second. And that's our mailbag music. We have a uh, we're getting some incoming, as we say. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, we got a wonderful note from our friend uh, and listener, longtime listener, Martin. Uh, oh, Martin, I'm going to get you. I'm just going to say Martin. And it's Martin with two A's, which is really cool. M A A R T E N, who is writing. Yeah, he's writing from the Netherlands. Yeah. And um, Martin wrote in and he says, listening on my headphones while on the street to your latest podcast, Stop the Universe. Uh, went up recently, stopped the universe, I wanted to get off. And he says, it made me laugh so loud, I got funny looks from bystanders. And this is in the Netherlands, so, you know, where people are a little, you know, people with free spirits. Um, In fact, I would say the Netherlands is kind of the Portland of Europe. I think that's fair. You could Uh, say that. Mm -hmm. So uh, he says, listening on my headphones while on the street to your latest podcast, Stop the Universe, it made me laugh out loud. Uh, so loud, I got funny looks from bystanders. This was, for me, one of the best episodes with both of you full throttle in imagination. <laughs> That's very expression. Awesome. Full That's throttle nice. in imagination. Right there, we were right there with, like, the Sturgis motorcycle gang all right crowd, yeah right we'll take full it. throttle uh please keep up the good work well thank you martin with comments like that we absolutely will all of you are invited to write us go to our website whattheif.com and right there you, you write on the front page there's a place for you to send us a message send us your ideas for shows too or comments or anything like that and hey while you're at it if you haven't subscribed uh, do so on your podcast app and leave us a review. That would be wonderful. Our subject today, we're diving right in. I have, there's, this is this is an unusual cue I'm going to be playing here. It's called Strange Thing. We have a very strange episode today. Uh, I, as many of you uh, listeners know, I recently did a... Mailbag music is still going. Oh, oh so they're both playing at the same time? They're both yes. playing. Amazing! Yes. <laughs> I told you. That was indeed strange. There you go. I told you it was strange. That's a little more <laughs> X-File-y now. <laughs> yes. Uh, so some of you listeners, you've heard me talk about it. And if you, if you follow us on Twitter, What The If Show on Twitter or on Facebook. You might have seen a bunch of stuff I did uh, a little while ago. I'm doing a Kickstarter for a documentary I'm making about the video game Myst, M-Y-S-T. And so in that process, I kind of got in touch with a whole lot of really cool people in the retro gaming world, which I can't say I was that familiar with, although I have seen some videos on YouTube and uh, what a bunch of fun folks. Kiki, were you a, a gamer? Every time I went to, or have you ever been a video (laughs) game player? A game player, yes. Every time I went to the pizza parlor and had to beg my parents for change, right? Um, But yes, we had a Commodore sixty four, and so I played video games on the Commodore sixty four. We never had the Atari or any of those game consoles. We got a Nintendo later. 
Duck Hunt. That was a that was a winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Duck Hunt. That was a good one. That was, that was a good yeah, one. yeah. But I, yeah, um, I have I, I enjoyed video games a lot growing up for sure. What game would you play at the pizza shop? Pac Man. Oh, nice. Right totally. Classic. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong was a, a second favorite. Um, yep. You know, and then, and then of course, I mean, yeah, those were the, those were the two at the pizza parlor usually, but then, um, what was it? Uh, Galaga. That was, that was another favorite. Right. Yeah. Yes. Classic. Oh, Galaga oh, was a good one. Fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Matt, how about you? Were you a, were you a gamer? I was indeed. Um, yeah, so all of the classics, things like uh, Gallagher, Space Invaders, uh, Missile Command. Gallagher, that was the game where you tried to smash watermelons? Watermelons, that's right. <laughs> uh, you had to wear a special poncho if you went to uh -huh. <laughs> that would, I think that may have actually been a game. I have no doubt. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's no weirder than Burger Time. Right. <laughs> So uh, I uh, here's something that this this sh hopefully will endear myself even further if I am at all endeared. If not, let your endearing be journey begin here. Uh, to me to the science crowd. I uh, my my descent into madness, as some would see it, or into enlightenment, as others would see it, began when uh, I definitely, we had an Atari 2600 at home. Well, first some friends had Pong. That was an unbelievable. Um, and uh, anyway, then we had Atari 600, and I loved those games. I played it all the time. And then, of course, there was the video arcades. The pizza shop, of course, was a place where you would play games, but also the putt-putt miniature golf mm -hmm. uh, place, yeah. which I okay. enjoyed, yeah. by the way, miniature golf. That was super fun. But then they also realized arcades were a thing and so the putt putt miniature golf place in rockville maryland where i grew up you know had a great arcade and uh i b got to the point where my parents would drop me off at hebrew school which was like a thing you did after regular school so mm -hmm. in the evening right they dropped me off at uh, four o'clock or whatever from school and or on a sunday let's say they drop me off for sunday school and they drive away and i would wait until they left and i would dash across the street through uh, nice. the woods come out the other side oh, where there was a roy rogers no. and i'd get a hamburger a cheeseburger no. so already oh that's great blowing the, the hebrew school thing and then going right to the arcade i'd play you know for two hours or whatever come back <laughs> and wait patiently in front of the hebrew school and get picked up outstanding and then your parents asked you what you learned at hebrew school <laughs> <laughs> yeah it didn't matter uh, i love it uh, you know <laughs> yeah i what do you mean i got on the high score <laughs> I got to put my initials P-A-S into the thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have long-term also affection. And what we're talking about here is I want people to envision, I want you to understand, actually, I was mentioning Atari and you were, uh, Key, you were talking about Commodores and stuff. Those are home, con home programs, uh, what we now call consoles. Console, mm -hmm. yeah. The focus today deals with that even more rare beast and a little bit earlier thing, which I was like, when you went to the arcade, there was the arcade cabinet. Mm-hmm. Which was always a little, especially when I was little, uh, that was kind of a scary device, scary, intimidating device, this huge cabinet, this dark thing, yeah. and you could play it. And um, so there are some amazing guys at a, a company called Numskull, <laughs> with, it's nice. spelled without the B, so it's N-U-M-S-K-U-L-L, -L. and um, they, uh, uh, 
that's a company name, but they run a thing called the police. I'm oh, sorry. They, they run a thing called the quarter scale arcade mm -hmm. where they make arcade cabinets that are one quarter scale of the real thing. So there's little, you know, uh, little adorable devices and they play the real game. So Kiki, you could, you know, have a Pac-Man thing. They play with the, no one of my friends actually has one of oh. their game cabinets. Whoa. Oh, yeah. cool. Right yeah, on. I have right seen on. I have seen these game cabinets in oh, person. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. fantastic. You may be ahead of us. Nice. <laughs> and so they are this is a this is a little bit of a been a little bit of a shaggy dog story, a little bit of a long long way to get around here, but their current they've made Pac-Man, they've made uh, I think they probably made Galaga, yeah, and all the classic games. Mm -hmm. They currently have a Kickstarter up. As of this recording, it's uh, 17 days to go. By the time this airs, uh, it'll be even less. So, you know, if you want to go there, they're current. Uh, they're currently raising money to make another uh, quarter-scale version of a legendary, in every oh. true sense of the word, legendary game called Polybius. Mm -hmm. Polybius. And I'm going to play. Uh, uh, um, again, I'm not there. There, this is a day we're dealing with weird communication snap. Like, that is, I think, some of our issues here we might be having today with communication snap mm -hmm. boos is because we are making uh, we are doing a story yeah. about Polybius. Uh, I'm now going to play uh, a little, little, just a little couple minute introduction to what Polybius, what is the story of Polybius for those who don't know. Uh, this is from a fantastic uh, YouTube documentary. It's really, it's like an hour and eight minutes. Well, I'm not going to play the whole thing, obviously, but uh, a channel called Ahoy, A-H-O-I. Um, <laughs> and I urge you to go to YouTube and uh, look up this thing, uh, Polybius, the video game that doesn't exist. Let me take you back to 1981 back when arcade games were at their peak. A multi-billion dollar industry and a fever that had a grip on pop culture. Video arcades were a new social nexus and had sprung up everywhere. Dimly lit by neon light, adorned with garish carpet, they played host both to crowds of teenagers and cabinet after cabinet of the hottest games of the era. Space Invaders, Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, Galaga. However, in an unnamed arcade in some sleepy suburb of Portland, there lurked something more obscure. A limited release of a game that would evaporate as silently as it appeared. The stories are vague. The cabinet is described as plain, and the gameplay, weird looking, abstract, fast action with puzzle elements. Sometimes it's described as being particularly addictive, despite the unassuming appearance. The only concrete details are the name, year of release, and the company behind it. Polybius, 1981, Zinis Lotion. Really, it was just like any other arcade machine, except for the side effects. Reports of sickness, Amnesia, night terrors, and behavioral changes followed those who played it. It was no accident either, if you believe the rumors. Instead, 
a secret project by government agency, developed from military tech for the CIA or some other men in black. And, and, and I, I can say no more. I can say no more. <laughs> I have to stop it there uh, before the men in black show up. Polybius, the legendary game that uh, caused all kinds of problems. Now, it is interesting, uh, you, as you remember, and I know a lot of our audience of our generation-ish uh, remember that at the time, as they still are in some ways, but, you know, there was this feeling that video games were like, it was like the new drug. Yeah, they're the corrupting the youth. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and I think part of this, this conspiracy theory comes out of this, but I figured I, we want to give some help. They don't even know, by the way, I'm doing this until I uh, uh, post it. <laughs> that uh, we're we're giving them some. We have to do this because we have to. If if you know if we reveal we're doing this, then the government could shut us down and and ruin this whole thing. I figured let's help the guys at uh, um, quarter scale arcades. Um, put the they they don't no one knows what the game was, so they're putting some sort of reference images into that game that you can get on the Kickstarter into the little arcade cabinet. But you know why not? Let's see if we can help them make some now it'll be quarter scale so it's you know be one quarter of the brain damage so that's good yep that's um good. kiki you are you have a background in in the brains <laughs> i i do <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of background yes and and uh it it's in bird brains though is that right Yes, bird brains. Specific, specifically in bird brains, but I, I had I had to study brains in general. Right, brains in general. General <laughs> <Yeah>. brains. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I got brain homework again. Um, uh, uh, I mentioned the birds, by the way. So go back and, and check out one of our on whattheif.com. You can find all our earlier episodes, and uh, we've done we've done a few, uh, at least. Too, mm -hmm. or, yeah, we've yeah, encountered we, brains a couple of times. Yeah, and uh, Kiki has done an amazing um, one with us in particular, where we got to be birds, killer birds, cute birds, yes. killer birds, cute killer right. birds. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was, that was like that was right up there with the Colbert uh, bird <laughs> effect. Um, so, uh, how? Can here's my starting point. So our show, uh, Matt, Matt, Matt. Matt what actual value can somebody get out of this program, perhaps? Well, hopefully along the way with our uh, uh, thought experiments and pondering how to change reality, um, we learn some actual science along the way because it's helpful to understand our, our points of departure. Um, and uh, I don't know, sometimes it happens. That's right. That's right. Uh, and so... To, so to be clear, we're, we are not here to debunk even the conspiracy theory. Uh, I feel like that's self-debunking, perhaps, maybe. I don't know. It is a mystery. That's the fun thing about these stories. But to get to an understanding of how one might go about, how would such a thing happen? So uh, in that awesome documentary, uh, he, he mentioned, but his, his voice is just so scary. He has a voice like, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, Men in Black. Yeah. Uh -huh. Leonard Nimoy, like when I listened to In Search of as a kid, Leonard Nimoy's voice, and then on Unsolved Mysteries, Robert Stack. I think these shows were just oh, sure. yeah. their voice was scary. Um, so uh, the game caused amnesia and uh, changes in behavior, which <laughs> the fact that a game would cause changes in behavior, that, no, that's yes, a, not so maybe, much. Maybe some real science there. Um, but uh, let's just start with Kiki. Here's my my 
jumping off point for this, my connection point mm-hmm. to this is I, I do hear a lot because in movies, uh, back when actually you would go to the movie theater, uh, this was a thing, children, we used to do. Yeah, we um, used to. Was in the <laughs> time times, before. Yeah. Yeah. Before times, yes. Um, yeah. But um, in, in recent times, the movies have started to include a kind of warning at the beginning if they had any kind of strobe lights, uh, some kind of effect that would cause an epileptic seizure. So what is mm-hmm. what, and, and some people have even said on Twitter there there have been warning or someone uh, who was sensitive to that. Well, maybe there was a gift someone put up that what what in the world? How, how can that possibly be that just something you're looking at on the screen can can take over your brain? Well, your eyes have a direct path to your brain through the optic nerves. So light that comes in through the eyes is going to immediately start stimulating the largest area of your brain, your your visual centers, right? It's going to come into the optic centers. Um, and from the optic centers, that's going to have trickle-down effects. So however it's stimulated will lead to stimulation and, and changes in neuronal activity in other areas of the brain. And in, for example, like you brought up epilepsy, people can either have irregular wiring in their brain so that things are connected a little bit differently. The dendrites are shooting out to different neurons than they would normally, or maybe there's an imbalance of the chemical messengers, those neurotransmitters in the brain that lead to some combination of factors that basically means that there's photosensitivity, that when there is bright flashing light at certain frequencies or when there are geometric patterns or light and dark bars of of light, um, that those things can together lead to the brain having a lower threshold for activation so that when the neurons are activated by these visual patterns or light signals from the eyes, it causes a storm of activity in the brain that can then cause the brain to go become overactive completely and someone to go into seizure. Is it like feedback, like audio feedback or... Yeah, so there, there, that can be part of the wiring problem where uh, neurons are connected. They loop back. There are lots of feedback loops within the brain. Some of them are positive and some of them are negative. And if, you know, they're just wired in the right way to lead to a seizure because you looked at light in a particular frequency, then that's what's going to happen. It's going to feed back and like amp itself up more rapidly. Can I uh, put messages? How do I send messages to the brain? How do you send messages? <laughs> now, of course, I could like just put up a email? message on the screen. You, can, you cannot put a message in a bottle. That will not work. No. Um. <laughs> we put it in a bottle. Yeah. Although you can get a message out of a bottle, I'll tell you, in many different ways. Yeah. So the, the so the brain takes in sensory information from all of those senses, whether it is um, uh, our skin sense, you know, the sense of touch and um, our where our limbs are in space, uh, whether it's our eyes and light signals, audio signals coming in through the ears, vibrations of various mm. kinds. Um, Sensations, that's how you, sensations become 
chemical messages become electrical signals, become chemical messages, become electrical signals. And that's Right. So I guess, you know, it's interesting that this, this leads me into another thing that also I remember being very big in the 70s or 80s, which was subliminal communication. Yeah, right? The ads were, ads, the ads had subliminal things in it, or the movie Fight Club kind of deals with this a little bit, this topic. Might, because one thing that strikes me is if Polybius, if as I'm playing the game, even at quarter scale, if it gives me a seizure, d- it's no longer an entertainment device. <laughs> it's a quality entertainment. You know, it's just, it's weird. And, and, and even for a video game, generally, I, I imagine that if, if whoever made the mysterious Polybius, even if it was the CIA, uh, the one thing they would want is that it'd be addicting, right, to keep, keep you playing it in some way. So if you had a seizure, that's it's not so good. They probably got one quarter out of you and then you're gone. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm yeah, imagining. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. So you talked about how we can cause uh, how you could cause trouble in the wiring with these light patterns, but could we do something structured with it? Um, that is, can we convey information through that wiring problem? Because that's what we really want, right? We want to reprogram our youth to be communists or something. That's right. So yeah. can we can we take advantage of this kind of short circuit in the brain to, to get that, that propaganda it's, in? In the U.S. anyway, it's never that it's secret messages from capitalism. No, no. That's, that's I mean, communist. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, in Russia, perhaps, or in the Soviet Union, perhaps, they would have said it is a secret to capitalist message. Mm-hmm. So, so. Yeah. The. Uh... Yeah, the this that subliminal messaging, the idea that there's a hidden message somewhere in the lights that you see that the flickering lights somehow program you unless you have been previously primed to accept the lights as hypnotic. Hmm. The lights will probably not hypnotize you and you are more likely to be overstimulated. Uh, the idea behind the hypnotic use of light, flashing lights or sequences of colors or whatever, is that they can uh, produce eye strain that would, the idea is that it, it bothers your eyes. And so eventually your eyes get tired. This starts to reduce your executive control. And once your executive control functions, which is the top down control on information in your brain, once that gets tired, then it's easier to get something else in there. So that's kind of the idea behind it, that the lights would tire you out and that something would come in. Um, You know, there's the other idea that it could, you know, I don't know that it would necessarily, necessarily program somebody but you can be primed with certain imagery perhaps that maybe in the way that there is a uh, a hidden frame in a movie or a tv program that if you stopped it just at the right point you know you'd see some crazy bacchanalian ritual <laughs> whatever <laughs> you're being primed for i've seen that uh, movie too yeah yeah <laughs> uh yeah but but if you're if you're not stopping it and it just goes past that you're 
your brain will recognize it, even though you don't consciously have awareness of having seen it. Uh, there is that aspect, but that's not going to hypnotize you. That will potentially just be, it's like you're not hypnotized when you've just seen something drive past you quickly in your environment. You're not hypnotized when you just see something in front of you. That's not, you maybe it's priming with information for certain psychological questions later to come, but that is not hypnosis. I, I mm, have a very okay. hard time. I have a very hard time with the idea that the programming could happen. Um, but that said, I mean, this is an area of hypnosis is an area of brain research, which well-respected researchers um, aren't really chasing down. <laughs> um, but then you well, get into people who are using, you know, you have the brain rhythms. There's your gamma rhythm and your alpha rhythm and all the brain rhythms we can measure with EEG. And uh, we know that we can entrain the brain to start uh, showing certain brain activity, certain rhythms become more prominent. Uh, when you listen to music of a certain kind or when uh, you watch right. something with light flickering at a, another way. There's recent research that's really looking into actually uh, treating Alzheimer's with flickering light. Mm. It wouldn't wow, program cool. you, but there's 40 hertz light that is research is suggesting that if you, for an hour a day, look at 40 hertz light, it somehow reduces the symptoms of uh, of Alzheimer's disease by getting your brain rhythms back into a more normal frequency. Oh, that's pretty For a neat. minute there, I thought you were recommending I take grandma to the uh, rave. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? Right. <laughs> well, but you know, actually, even, even the priming effect could be helpful because mm -hmm. we could have our communist agents lurking in the back of the arcade. Right. Um, as the moral majority always warned us about back in the 80s. So then uh, after somebody plays Polybius, they are then primed and disoriented uh, to be given. Disorientation a, a for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe so that hard. disorientation is part of it. It's not, they're, they are in a sug more suggestive state. So that agent, that communist agent or capitalist mm -hmm. agent <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> whichever part of the world you're in right. um, <laughs> um, could could come in and sweep sweep in you know while you're on your way to go get a, a hot dog and a, a soft drink at the uh, snack bar that's, yeah. they are coming for our hamburgers i heard uh, I think, uh, that is something we were warned about um uh it's interesting too also it's just sort of a well-known technique just in show business or, or even in storytelling, but certainly in like uh, movies and in theater, to begin with something spectacular, not just to sort of grab everyone's attention and say, here comes the show. But uh, I love like when you go to Disney World, it's fascinating because you, you, take a, you get on a ride and these are rides that are often more like a show or you're going through a story instead of just like the old roller coaster kind of thing. And mm -hmm. uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, for instance, begins with it just gets extremely dark. And then there's literally like a, almost like a little waterfall, you know, you plummet down a little waterfall totally in the dark and then you enter the thing. And I remember apparently, you know, Walt Disney had said the, the whole thing had been built, this magnificent thing with all these these dioramas and these, you know, uh, 
you know, animatronic things and all that kind of stuff. It's a beautiful thing, but it was missing something in the beginning. And he added, somebody added that so that you just, you're jolted into it. And, you know, now you're in story land or whatever. It just mm -hmm. sits the stage. Yeah. Um, so uh, you, you guys probably couldn't see it, but in, in, in the, go watch this little document, this documentary, not little documentary on uh, YouTube about Polybius, the fun sort of images that they show in the sort of speculative images of what the game would have looked like. <laughs> the way they show is just like spinning platonic solids, like a dodecahedron and a cube just spinning, you know, in, in 1980s graph vector graphics or whatever. And then, and then just like the hypnotic spiral, like you see in the beginning of the Twilight Zone, right? So there's something mm -hmm. about that. So is just that, which also you, in, in Hitchcock in the movie Vertigo uses that a lot too. You see like, right, the spinning thing. Is is there anything we can say? I mean, without going too far down a rabbit hole, <laughs> about like what is that doing to my brain when I see those spirals? I am being fixated on it. I don't know if I'm right. If you so, if you're fixating on that one thing, you're uh, you, you are focusing your attention on it uh, to the detriment of other things. So you're not oh, focusing uh -huh. on other things in the environment. You're just focusing on this one thing. And in just focusing on that one thing, it may, because it is a very constant, steady spin, it can give you that relaxing effect of, uh, you know, because you're not being distracted by lots of ups and downs and jerky <laughs> kinds of yeah. sounds and lights, you know, maybe it's not jerky and, and distracting, it's action or disorienting. Maybe it is that it's taking you the similar way that the watch going back and forth from a, you know, a hypnotist, you know, trying to get you to, to relax. And uh, I've seen some, uh, some pieces on hypnotists using their finger, even just moving it back and forth, that it's just something to follow and something to focus on. And that focus is the same kind of idea that I was talking about with uh, like a certain frequency of light. What it's going to do is get your brain tuned into the frequency of whatever that spiral is. Your brain, your neurons are going to fire related to the imagery that it's seeing. And if you're focusing a lot of your attention on it, then a lot of your visual, your, 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 you know, the, the neurons in your visual cortex are going to be involved in looking at that as well as neurons in your frontal cortex that are involved in, involved in executive control. So there are going to be, there's going to be this synchronization of multiple areas of the brain. And we know from some studies looking at fMRI and blood flow that people who are suggestive to hypnosis, they ha are more likely to get this synchronization that takes place in different areas of the brain. And so there is a portion of the, po of the population who cannot be hypnotized, but uh. there's, a, there's about six to 8% who are highly hypnotizable. Everyone else uh. is somewhere in the middle and it takes, takes a bit more. But for whatever reason, um, you know, maybe similar to the irregular brain wiring of an epileptic, but different, their neurons synchronize. And so it's that synchronization that that spiral and your focus, it could allow them to slip into. Whoa. 
a state that's cap- that's a hypnotic state. Matt, have you ever been hypnotized? Um, I think not successfully, actually. But um, you tried. But uh, back when I was younger, yes, I tried it um, a couple of times. So I don't know if that means I'm one of those resistant people or if I'm just stubborn. Um, was was this for? But, uh, uh, were I'm you stubborn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hypnotize me. <laughs> actually, I didn't want to be hypnotized so that I could be. It's just a communist. What it is. No. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Um, a capitalist. A cap- yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the um, I was going to say, uh, were, were you trying to recover an alien abduction scenario? That is correct. Yes. That may have happened, or mm-hmm. were you trying to quit um, smoking, or was it just sort of uh, just for fun? Just, just uh, for fun. Uh, you know, my friends and I found you know some uh, dime store book that was supposed to explain to you how to hypnotize your friends. So <laughs> we gave it a go, and as far as I know, it didn't work. Although actually. Maybe it did work, and I've just been living out some post-hypnotic suggestion all of these years. Could be. Yeah, it would explain a lot, frankly. I snap my fingers and nothing happened. Yeah. So yeah, no, you're still in the state. I'm you're still, you're state. still in state. You could be in Manchuria right now, still being programmed. Yeah, I wonder though, with with this game, if it would be you know someone who is like, I love being hypnotized. I really want a yeah. playlist. They could go and because they want to be hypnotized, mm, there's also yeah. the power of yeah. suggestion mm-hmm. and what you want. You know, yeah. if you want to be hypnotized, you're going to be hypnotized. You're going to, cool. you're going to figure, you're, you're going to allow yourself to like, be like, I am in a hypnotic state. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. so there could be those people who maybe they searched out this video game. And so these stories of the game allowed them to, yes, I was hypnotized and, yeah. you know, uh, even thinking things. Of, so maybe uh, this video game, I mean, is this little arcade video game going to be really popular among the, the self-hypnosis set? Well, that's an interesting thought. I could believe that. And I should say, were I a communist infiltrator trying to set up a cell, um, those would be really good people to recruit too. So, I, so you, you spread the rumor and then mm-hmm. people who are easily hypnotized will then seek it out and then they mm-hmm. are easy for me to recruit. So I think we may have a plan here. And you know, the communists Absolutely. really were, they were very against religion. Uh, they were anti-religion. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah. them luring me away from Hebrew school. They didn't love Jewish people either. Not, who does? But uh, yeah, there was, there was definitely some evil plan there. The, the arcade box itself, or the, or the arcade cabinet itself, like I mentioned that it was scary, and I'm trying to think of what was scary about it, but part of it was just that big, dark, you know, the screen is, was usually horizontal or tilted at an angle. Anyway, so when you, when you stood up to the machine, often you approach the machine without necessarily seeing the full screen or anything. You, you kind of went into a black box, right? There's mm-hmm. a little bit of a spooky yeah, thing, um, like a portal to, you know, another world time bandits yeah and the lighting was always creepy in those old arcades and things yeah 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 <laughs> not the people no not the people. they were perfectly like, normal no. yeah. <laughs> so now we want to we're going to go further we uh we let's suppose we got um suppose the cia kiki came to your patreon page and they said uh we'll we'll cover you <laughs> for every um uh illicit um 
brainwashing device you create, you know, we'll give you a dollar a month. I'd say get lost. So, you know, CIA. For a dollar a month? Yeah, go away. A hundred million dollars. Okay. For, sold. No. Sold. <laughs> uh, and we've got this video game. Now, the interesting thing is the description. Mm -hmm. What I love is the description of the cabinet is that it was weirdly minimalist. It had one joystick and one button. Uh, <laughs> and there were plenty of games like that, but like very little decoration, you know, just the, the mystery of this whole thing. So uh, this is if they, I could see the government not spending money on the artist. We got the oh, box. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the money goes to the engineers. Yeah. 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 Hey, that's cool. Um, what kind of, uh, what do we have any hope of doing in, ter in terms of controlling people with known with known science is there any way this is possible that some controlling messages people yeah or i i, I assume that i, I i'm going to guess that this is kind of like well okay you, you know let me take one step back from ensuring candidate i was thinking of that where a message is you know <laughs> that there were a lot of, again in the 70s there was a lot of stories of uh, something uh, a, someone was programmed as a sleeper cell, right? And then later in life, they get a phone call and somebody says, the fish is in the bowl and they go off. And right, they and then they go and assassinate. Become a terrorist. Or yeah, they assassinate. Mm -hmm. So um, not, not like that, but there are stories right now uh, in the news uh, recently about, uh, for instance, the American embassy in Cuba um, potentially being attacked, maybe, by some kind of device that from a distance and using invisible now, in this case, sound, uh, but which the video game could very well. You, it'd be interesting, actually, if the, the video game that the spiral or the platonic solid is, is merely just a way to get you to, like you said, get focused and stare at the screen. Meanwhile, the sound is doing. In fact, sound is quite powerful, right? Uh, you talk about music; mm -hmm. it's, it's going to some deeper level. W what uh, beyond making somebody sick, which is what the thing in, in Cuba like appears to do. Is there any way to do anything? Do we have any clue, or is this just just absolute craziness? The notion that we could be controlled in any way by invisible lights or sounds? No. A hundred million dollars. A hundred million dollars. <laughs> and they don't even yeah, want so a T-shirt. You know, they're just like, it's, all the money goes yeah, to pay. It's it's all suggestion and the idea, you know, maybe it can help you relax to avoid anxiety. Like, I think that's what we're going for. The CIA is going to help people relax with this no, video game. Nice. Yeah. They are going <laughs> to help treat mood disorders with this video game. That would be nice. Yeah, that the, the suggestion that maybe comes where you've got the music and the spirally graphics that lure you into a state a suggestible state mm -hmm. it then you know links you know all oh, these lights and these it you will feel calm you will find you will be able to breathe and have calm you know maybe there are little things that are said and mm -hmm. yeah there the cia is helping mood mm -hmm. disorders but aside yeah. from yeah for, yeah it that's how they'll bring so you want to control people. That's right. With yeah. disorders. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think yeah. one of the things that I find interesting about the Plebeia story, it, it's this intersection of sort of three really different um, 
what nowadays we would say cultural memes going on, but important things people were thinking about at the time. Right? One of them was the moral panic of video games. Mm-hmm. Um, right, we were really deeply worried that video games are corrupting the youth. Um, yeah. And then, sort of the the last days of the '60s, '70s counterculture. Right, it's psychedelic and meditative. Um, but then also, this is the this just a few years after. Uh, the, the actual information came about about the CIA's mind control experiments, right? The MK Ultra mm-hmm. experiments, which, as you say, didn't turn anything up, but um, we know. were incredibly, <laughs> right? They're incredibly <laughs> fertile ideas. Yeah. So the CIA starts getting blamed for doing all kinds of bizarre things. Um, so it's just sort of one more thing you can stick into the legend uh, at this point. You know, CIA gets blamed for creating new diseases and importing heroin and all sorts of things, some of which they actually did. Right. Um, so it's, uh, so the plebeius is, I think is a really interesting example, um, of how these, all these different social ideas come together at just the right moment to create what seems like a plausible and interesting urban legend. Yeah. And I could, I could see the thought path, you know, of like, they spend a hundred million dollars trying to make a video game that brainwashes people. And it, it's, it's a tough, tough go. And finally, they're like, you know, with $100 million, we can buy a lot of heroin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's just, just, let's just go do that. Just crack we'll an just, LSD. That just uh, we can ruin dark. people a different way. That's yeah, right. we'll just have a big party. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. And it reminds me, is that, Matt, you also, I think you were alluding to, was it, was it a friend of yours wrote the, the book, uh, The Hippies, How the Hippies Save Physics? Yep, that's right. Dave Kaiser, who has been a guest on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a great book about that period. Mm-hmm. Um, so lastly... It really brings me back to the fact that there is something going on in, in forget video games, um, the, the, the Facebook and, you know, everything, especially on the mobile devices, right, are highly hypnotic, uh, addicting, yeah. you could call it. But addicting. It, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, but addicting in a, the, the, the kind of addiction that it is strikes me as it's, it's just this, you're staring at it. And, and it seemed to really begin with the endless scrolling. That's exactly to, it. It's like, yeah. a, it's like mm-hmm. a slot machine for your mm-hmm. brain. But slot instead machine, yeah. of, yeah. instead of the big win, that's money, you scroll and you scroll and you scroll until the big win is just the right piece of content that makes yeah. you want to click. Right. And yeah. sometimes, sometimes you end up in the state of just, tapping that lever, just mm-hmm. tapping that lever, you know, over and over and over again, scroll, scroll, scroll. Mm-hmm. And what it, what it does is it, uh, it triggers the dopaminergic reward pathway so that you are motivated to continue scrolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I should say, unlike Polybius, this actually does work, right? So, um, so these yeah. are like, you know, um, uh, casinos and such are highly engineered mm-hmm to actually get into your brain and prevent you from say getting up or needing to eat or whatnot. Um, and it's mm-hmm. really the, the degree to which uh, they can control your behavior is really dramatic. So it's interesting that we've ended up getting mind control, not through hypnosis, but rather through sort of behavioral conditioning. Yeah. Um, yep. That's exactly what it is. And uh, and actually, it, there are messages. I mean, this is a whole nother topic, but you know, when you're using social media, Twitter or Facebook in particular, Instagram to some degree too, I imagine that endless scrolling you are getting, you are getting, I mean, we look, we're getting messages that seem to be affecting our elections. 
I, you know, there's a whole lot to talk about there, right? But this is this is happening. Forget Polybius. You know, people are sitting at home now. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't have to go to the arcade to get the CI or well, and that's the thing, thing, right? KGB, so, yeah, who knows what? Pages yeah. like Facebook use this same kind of brain engineering uh, that the casinos do to keep you not only keep you scrolling, but keep you playing those little games or whatnot, um, because your attention is is money these days. Yeah. Um, but it's all the same, the same kind of brain structure. Yeah. It's interesting you say that the, uh, it was like a slot machine. Cause I was thinking, oh, it's like a slot machine, except you never get money. But interestingly, every time you see an ad, mm-hmm. Facebook gets money. They get money. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, 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 a much yeah. better you, outcome for them. Yeah. You are the slot machine. <laughs> you are the product. What a turn of events. Wow. Yeah. It's like the matrix. Yeah. We've all been turned into slot machines for them that just keep spinning until they. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's a horrifying image. So, um, lastly, so I guess what I'm going to say is I hope that um, we're going to pass on these lessons to, uh, to our friends um, uh, d- down the, on the other end of the aisle of the internet. And, to the numbskulls? Um, to the numbskulls. <laughs> Why not? Why not give dangerous knowledge to the numbskulls? Yeah. <laughs> we can put it in their quarter scale arcades. Um, and again, this is in the before times where every, of course, everyone has a quarter scale arcade Polybius cabinet in their house. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Otherwise, yeah. Hail Polybius. Uh, Hail Polybius. Matt, did you know that Polybius, by the way, this, this comes up in the documentary, Polybius was the name of a Greek a scholar or philosopher of some kind who came from a place called Arcade. Oh, is that right? Oh, that's Ooh. funny. <laughs> okay, no, I didn't know that. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Somebody had a lot of fun yep. coming up with this. Yeah, yeah. Have so, to say. Know, in Portland, <laughs> I'm not sure if you got that from the, from just the audio clip because it showed on the screen. So the, this arcade was in Portland, Oregon. This town is amazing. It has so <laughs> many right. mysteries to <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> to no wonder there's fires there. <laughs> we are close to the finding Polybius. You're close uh, to the truth. They have to burn it down. Or Polybius mm-hmm. is causing the well the next horrific <laughs> societal problem, which is gender. What is it? Gender reveal parties. Yes, that's oh, right. That's the problem. <laughs> so, uh, just a shout out to the uh, uh, on Kickstarter on Kickstarter um, the Polybius, which is P O L Y B I U S quarter scale arcade. Uh, search Kickstarter for that. Uh, the creator. His name is uh, Matt Precious, hmm. co-owner of Numskull, N-U-M-S-K-U-L-L Designs. He says he is obsessed with arcades and all-around retro gaming fans. So uh, I'll reach out to Matt and let him know that we have, uh, we have some information that may be of interest to him, and I won't charge him the full $100 million. <laughs> So <laughs> help him out. Help him out, fellow creators. charge you all the money. <laughs> uh, and on, on YouTube, that documentary... Um, Again, the creator of the channel is named Ahoy, A-H-O-Y, and the title uh, is Polybius, the video game that doesn't exist. Kiki, your show is This Week in Science, where you have, but not unrelated to today's topic, you have a wonderful kind of slogan, a motto, which, a creed, which is that uh, it's all in your head. That's right. <laughs> which is quite is. wonderful. And you have a whole song. That, the, oh, when that song plays, I get a little bit more of a message. Oh, hmm. wait a second. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe twist I'm up. hypnotizing everyone I who think, listens well, to Twist. It's been working. It's been working. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to hypnotize people who listen to Twist to tell their friends to listen to Twist. Oh, good idea. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, on Patreon, to, to find your Patreon, should they you go to twist.org or is there a Patreon slash something? There is both. You can go to twist.org and click on the Patreon link in our main header, or you can go to patreon.com slash this week in science. Indeed. Every week, uh, fantastic program. Uh, Matt Stanley, do you have anything uh, you would like to plug now that you are uh, once again active outside the apartment? No, because it's not like you can come to my class or anything because we're teaching in a hermetic bubble. So Right, right. So it's like a negative plug. Stay away. That's right. Stay away from me at all costs. Yes, the Gallatin School is fully occupied. So mm-hmm. let them go at New York University, my alma mater. Write to us uh, if you uh, you have fun thoughts. If we are making you laugh out loud, which I hope we are at the very least, uh, as we as uh, if you see Martin in the Netherlands laughing his <laughs> head off, say hello. Yeah, he's listening. Say to, hi. Say hi. He's listening to the Polybius box known as What the If. Uh, you can write to us at feedback at whattheif.com or just go to our website whattheif.com and uh, contact us right there subscribe leave us a review on whatever you're listening to a device right now you have a hip there look down now it is hypnotizing you whatever that thing is you will go to the reviews section and you will give five stars 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 and you will leave <laughs> a nice review 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 thank you for listening kiki do you remember our um a ritual we have a ritual we end with matt maybe just you can review that the ritual it's been a while uh so the ritual is we begin to ponder the the ifs that wait for us beyond the horizon next week and in metaphysical horror of being overwhelmed by them uh, we shout the name of the show slowly to try and repel the horror yes we scream to the universe the name of the show uh because yell to the universe that's right because (laughs) once, once we drop i have a quarter here I have I have two quarters here. I have and some pent up quarters. Remember when games went to fifty cents, two quarters? I was like, yeah, oh, and that was it. Never again. That was, that was the end of it. Um, but I'm going to drop this quarter in the slot, and we will be forced to scream. What? what? No!